What's up, everybody? It's the NBM Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hausen. Of course, I have the one and only Yeti B with me. And, How's it going? And, and on this episode, we're going to be joined by a super, super, super dope. Uh, I, we'll call him a, a another co-host. I don't even want to say he's a guest on the show because he's kind of used to doing co-hosting stuff. So uh, the one and only Colin Branch is joining us. Super, What's up, super stoked. Not much, you know, <laughs> eh? Um, but yeah, I know it's been forever, guys. I want to apologize. Um, I'm a procrastinator. I won't lie. I think most people that know me well know that. Um, <laughs> if uh, King of the Smokies, which we're going to talk about tonight, isn't any prime example of how much of a procrastinator <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, but uh, this show is long overdue. I know Yeti and I have kind of promised we would do something before we went, and that didn't happen. And then, of course, we came back, and well, life happened. So here we are basically a month later. Finally sitting down to talk about King of the Smokies um, and what's kind of going on going into 2023 for, for all of us, um, what we're hoping to see in 2023. And, of course, we can't forget that it's silly season in the off-world world. I actually went off-road racing, too, Yeti. We'll have to talk a little bit about that. That was fun. Sure, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. You know, well, procrastination bit me again. You know, I had almost two weeks to put a car together, and instead of, like, pilfering parts from all over the place, I wanted to, you know, I have the parts, but I need a few parts kind of deal. Yeah, so I, yeah. I really didn't want to pilfer parts off drag cars to get off-road cars going again, to put the drag car back together next week when the part kind of deal. So I ended up racing one of my old B5Ms. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Not terrible. I did manage a, like, 14-point-something-odd second, you know, which was kind of on pace with most other guys. I don't know. Not it doesn't bad. make any sense. I'm really slow in stock two-wheel drive buggy. We get into mod two-wheel drive buggy. I do nothing to the car, and I'm faster. That's random. <laughs> That's really random. <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, silly season's full swing. Uh, you know, so we know uh, a couple of big racers, well, at least one big racer has moved um, to a new team, uh, which was kind of funny to see the team he was with actually make the announcement before he even got to make the announcement he was leaving. It's kind of like a, we got to beat him to it. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't follow off road. Who, who are we talking about? Uh, well, we're talking about the one and only Ryan Mayfield. Um, Mugen put out a, a statement saying that he was not going to be with them going into 2023, and uh, I think that was basically last week. And we just found out, I believe it was on Friday, uh, that uh, Mayfield would be with uh, Techno. Yeah, he's racing his first race with Techno right now. Right now, the main is out right now so i guess joe Bor joe bornhorst is still with techno right no he's with s works oh wow see that's he's how with S-Works see yeti don't feel bad see how disconnected i am i usually know where there most of the bigger guys are at and i don't even know um that's been a minute then see i'm so far out of it right uh, so what do you think of that colin what did you think of, of ryan moving over to techno i know there was a lot of speculation that he was going to be leaving mugen at the end of this year um but yeah uh, i don't I don't know. I'd like to know the reasoning why Mugen let him go. Like not not fired him. Like but no, well, you let, didn't let extend his contract, maybe. Right. right. Because, I don't understand why. Or I do mean, you think that he chose not to? It could be either or. 
I'm not sure. I'd like to know the whole story of what went down, but uh, you know, Mugen really has sold a lot of cars due to. Well, shoot, Yokomo did. Ah, crap. I bought a, 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 D, a DTM2, which is yeah. a Mayfield edition. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what Mayfield does for tent scale at this point. Yeah, because that kind of leaves him open, kind of with the same situation with being with Mugen, right? He was kind of open to to find a tent scale platform. Isn't that usually what happens in, if you end up with a only eight scale platform company? Yeah, yeah, you have to find a tent scale only platform, which is getting harder and harder to do. Yeah. You know, like Techno has the four-wheel drive buggy, so he's really only going to be able to run whatever two-wheel drive buggy he wants. But yeah, and maybe stadium truck, but I don't see him doing that. I don't think there's another company. There's not a company out there that only does a two-wheel buggy and doesn't have a four-wheel, so they wouldn't sign him. Do you, you know, think so maybe then they get Mayfield to help them develop two-wheel drive 10-scale buggy? That's probably what's going to happen. I'm actually shocked they don't have one to go with the four-wheel drive by now. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. They've said they've been working on one for a very long time. and so Maybe that's sure going to be the, uh, the key to the, the thing. Yeah, I don't know why it's taken so long or, or hasn't <laughs> developed. But that's, uh, that'll be interesting to see because I know uh, Hot Bodies just came out with their, or, well, yeah, HB Racing, I guess they call it now. Uh, came out with their two-wheel drive buggy just recently, and it looks really, really good, which they've been working on for, uh, it feels like a decade, but yeah, their their two-wheel buggy looks really, really good. So. I don't know, for some reason, with the, the whole, like, HB racing and, like, hot bodies, for whatever reason, I always just think of HPI. I can't, <laughs> like, my brain just kind of gets stuck on it. Like, I know that's you know at the end of the day that's where kind of the company came from yeah well, they're all associated or they were right so, uh, <laughs> uh philip bought hot bodies at the time i tried to explain it. that to somebody that was kind of newer to the hobby with the whole drag racing scene and you know all these manufacturers like all oh, these manufacturers all make the same stuff and they're all the same car and i just stopped looking and be like <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, welcome to off-road racing, where pretty much all of them are based off the exact same thing. I don't know where you, you, like, you can only you, you can only design a, a you know an A arm setup system with a suspension so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, ge geometry is really yeah, it's pretty pretty cut, much pretty cut and dry in how it works. It's it's come pretty close yeah. from manufacturer to manufacturer at this point. But that's the, that's another drives. well, so that's another interesting thing because. You see it as well as I do because you race off-road. And we'll get to the drag racing, folks, I promise. Um, but I haven't had, like, an off-road person around to talk off-road with in a while. So, <laughs> so bear with me. But that's another interesting thing that, that in off-road to me is, is, like, you know, we were discussing at the race that I was at there two weekends ago that, like, I'm running a B5M, which is, like, a five-, six-year-old platform. And not that it's not capable but you certainly see where the drawbacks are on the older platforms and what's funny is when those platforms came out and even with the b6s now they're on the b6.4 it's still kind of like um how are we finding more out of them right like and it's it's that dude literally the the chassis like two tenths three tenths of a second on a on a newer car per lap that's that's a lot yeah, over 15 20 laps it's very small uh, changes very very small changes here and there that add up to be 
being taken up a, a tenth or two. Yep, longer chassis, shorter chassis. Wider they don't this, always work on every track. It's it's not always faster on every track. Sometimes yeah. they'll revert back to the older chassis on certain tracks because it is actually a little quicker. You get all those mm -hmm. tuning options. Do you imagine that Yeti showing up and be like, ah, you know, just try to change the chassis. See if we can <laughs> get another tenth of a second off this lap. <laughs> That's insane. That's it's like 15 insane. minutes work. It's, it's really it. not that terrible, actually. It's it's well as as basic it is is as it is changing out the front ends and rear ends on our drag cars is you know I what guess, I mean. Yeah, Other than the spacers, <laughs> like when we're running the transmission yeah. spacers and you know we cobble a couple of different spacers here and that there's that drastic difference. You're not trying to line up, you know, to put a 30 millimeter screw in to hold the rear yeah. end of your car yeah. together. It's, it's only 18 millimeters, but. I got I got a fix for that now for our chassis, by the way. Oh, Just you know, mint, dude! I yeah, found I so much more damage to this car. <laughs> I somehow bent the aluminum servo mounts that I put on the back of it. To no hold way. They're bent. They're bent down. <laughs> like I'm not sure how. That's impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking the track at was it. Hard still. on cars, right? It was it was 100 hard on cars. Hey man, the reality is this. We're all gonna wad stuff up and wreck things. I was just, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just upset to be a participant in that project. I was, well, you, <laughs> I was really hoping I, to not be a participant, <laughs> somehow avoid it, but that didn't happen. No, but you know what? There's a lot of guys that are upset, but there's a lot of guys that agreed to go down. So I mean, I hate to it say it. As soon as you put your car down and track. waited for the green light to drop and pulled the trigger, you had agreed to send your car down. That's you exactly. signed a waiver. You so you knew you knew what down. was sitting down that track, looking down it. Well, it, it took sucks. me what seven tries to get down. And once I got down, I was going down. Like I mean, the first six tries, I went about five feet and hit the wall. Like I mean, it's I knew what we were getting into when we got there. I had yep. to figure it out. Everybody else had to go on the same track. So and so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I'm sure most of you have figured out what we're talking about. We're talking about King of the Smokies two that was in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Knoxville Dragway. It was put on by a good friend of Collins, and I, I to me, Foster's a great dude. Um, put on by Foster, and he had a good uh, team surrounding him. But man, it it got it got crazy. Like we were, I don't think anybody anticipated a car taking out the tracks timing system. Um, no, it was a very very unique uh, service. Yeah, and then that, and different. actually racing on, uh, uh, you know, it was stripped. I think the track was stripped because they were done racing on it for the year, uh, but. It was, it was, man, I think we all learned something. I don't, I don't think I ever really want to go and race on a old or new, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I ever want to do that, that, like that again. It was cool. The experience I'll, I'll was really cool. Now, now I know what, what's going on. I'd go back there. Now I know how to set up a bit better than what I was. And, uh, I know now to listen to my, my girlfriend a lot more there. The old lady's, uh, was paying attention where I wasn't, and I should listen a lot more on that one for sure. <laughs> oh, do tell, do tell. Uh, what did she do? What did uh, she notice that you weren't? Just setting up of the uh, the setup of you're getting on the actual line, what the guys are doing to get rid of some of the sticky before they're putting their cars down. Oh, okay. And then the amount of prep that was going on some of the tires that, that for me, looking wouldn't be paying attention for, but something new for her, and she was paying attention. And oh, okay. Oh, dude, there, there were some guys that were like, like I was oh. seeing like foam tire prep, like spider web patch marks being left. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Whoa. 
Like I know why oh, we're yeah. there. Like I know why, you know, we've we we ultimately did away with any kind of rule on prep because it's really hard to police. But yeah, I, I don't fine. what I think is is I think we could have maybe addressed it differently looking back on it now to what it is now. Um, uh, yeah. You know it what I mean? Out of the bottle though, that's the problem. Well, but I, I know think Colin's a big fan of the prep. Well, <laughs> yeah. but here's the thing. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you didn't worry so much about like necessarily the whole Lexan thing at a race, but if the tire itself was just, you know, not sticky like that. Like I mean, I mean at the, <clears throat> a tire's going to be we... sticky if you if you prep it at home. You know what I'm saying? You kind of get what I'm yeah. saying, right? Like not like this fly paper glue <laughs> sticky. We can it's... look at, and look at a tire and touch it and feel it and know if it's a sticky sauce or not 100 yeah. percent. yeah it's this isn't rocket science we can we can do this we just need to be able to spell it out put it in writing which is the hard part yeah yeah and then have people not freak out about it now well i think it doesn't matter what you do it, it no. you you literally could take a year and take every single person's opinion into account into a decision and somebody is going to forget what they said how they said it, or maybe even forget yeah. what their own opinion was on it and change their mind and somehow come after you. It, it, yeah, for sure. I've, I, I've kind of accepted the fact that no matter what the decision is that gets made, people are going to be bothered by it in some way, shape, or form. I think some people will absolutely love it, and those aren't the people that I'm worried about. I'm more worried about the people that are going to make it uh, grief you know, to deal with. And, I'll um, do lots. You know, and and that and that's my thing, and that's where the hesitation when I kind of come up with ideas and and committing to certain ideas is I have a very very hard time with accepting that somebody isn't going to like it. And I know I got to just kind of deal with it, and it is what it is. But it's I'm not yeah, I'm a people pleaser. You're never gonna you, please everybody. I know, right? No. But deep down, I'm a you people pleaser. I want everybody to be happy with it. And I know that's just unfortunately going to be impossible. Um, but damn it, I'm committed to trying to make sure everybody gets their voice heard and, and yeah. you know, we do things a little better. I, I, I think, but yeah. Well, as an outsider <laughs> from the group, I know you guys are both part of the actual group itself. But, I mean, from, from our side, as a, as a racer and someone that actually sees, and you know, it's answering questions and stuff like that, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, I've always known the guys that are on the committee, but, I mean, the, to have the names out there and guys saying stuff when something pops up and someone starts going off the rails, you guys say like, well, no, this is why we're doing it this way. Or Well, yeah, see, before, like, before nice. honestly, I didn't want to because I, I was worried about just Ugh. like the haterade and everybody kind of jumping on, on the yeah. bandwagon. But I finally got to the point where it was like, you know, there's a way to address this. There's a way to say, hey, yo, you know, stop. Yeah. We get it. We see you flailing your arms in the air. We <laughs> hear you screaming at the top of your lungs like a freaking, you know, you know, like the little kid that just, you know, accidentally crashed his RC car into the tree and his dad had just told him to ease off on it. Like, we see you. We see you. We get it. We know you're upset. You didn't know who everybody was. But dang it, we're trying. So stop. <laughs> well, like I said, there's a lot of us that appreciate it. So, I mean, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't go just behind the scenes, too. It's nice. But, yeah, so King of the Smokies, we didn't travel down together this time, Yeti. We, uh... We did separate travels down. I ended up staying with uh, Scott Glasscock and his wife at their house on the Thursday night. And then Friday, we ended up all meeting at the track. You had been yeah. there for a little bit, though, before I showed up. Colin, you flew in like a rock star. 
all the way out there in Washington. It's a long drive. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah, I yeah that would have been a long drive. Oof. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. I mean, getting there was kind of nice to... I love old drag tracks. I love them. I love the old back door, like, door-to-door stuff. So to get there and see exactly what I was hoping to see, it was amazing to show up and go, like, you know what, I've, I've watched my buddies run on these tracks with their full-size cars and to be able to go there and say, you know what, I'm going to put my car down on this track and go with the lights. And it was kind of cool to see. It yeah, the venue all. itself. Like, actually, like yeah, the venue. Yeah. rolling into the track. Yeah, I have video when I rolled into the track the first time, and it was just like, wow, this is, like, this is it. This it is cool. this is like, yeah. you know, the tracks that unfortunately are 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 the last of its kind. You know, they're That's they're exactly a slowly you, slowly fading away breed, and I don't want to see that. But that is unfortunately the truth. Is tracks yeah. like the Knoxville Dragway very well could be there for another twenty five years, but it may not. We don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, there's bigger things to full scale motorsports that's going on that we don't pay much attention to or discuss. You know the. This is the one thing, you know, I'll admit Canada screwed up, but Colin, you got to admit the U S government and their whole bullshit of what they're trying to do with race cars and not letting you turn a regular car into that's fucked up. That's not right. Every every year there's some (laughs) sort of rumor that comes around. It's very similar thing and it never develops into anything. So I think most of that's, I know it because all the YouTubers, when they go on the big thing with uh, talking about the RPM Act, as they're calling it, basically what the EPA wants to do is they want to stop anybody from modifying a vehicle from what its stock configuration is. And that means like you you can't take a road car and turn it into a race car anymore because that would which I don't understand because you don't put insurance on a race car. You don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, how fuck, how are you guys governing that? Yeah, I think it's all crap. I don't think much of it's uh, well really going through the. You've seen the EPA the though, kind of st- like look at Cobb tuners. Like I, I know oh, you're I a bit of a right. Like I know Colin, you're into cars and stuff like that. Cobb tuning has like <clears throat> the, but they did they they were selling like these flex fuel kits, and I guess yeah. the the some of the tuning and whatnot for them is a big no no. And the the EPA basically said, I stopped doing it, or it's going to be tens of thousands of dollars in fines. I know I watch uh, PFI Speed. They sold a uh, Hondata uh, ECUs, like you know what I mean, so you could actually program. Yep. Uh, they got a huge fine from the EPA for just selling the units. Oh. Yeah, that's it's what I mean. Like there, there is some the stuff going on in the background, and and you know it does worry me. But yeah, that's that's messed up, man. When the country wants to stop racing like that, and that's what I mean. Well. So. I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want Foster to hear this and say, oh, Matt was talking shit about, no, 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 that drag track, I hope it stays open forever. It was the coolest fucking place in the world. The owner <laughs> was awesome. Carly, the little girl, if that little oh, girl works incredible. there in 10 years from now, my ass is going just for a weekend to watch drag racing because of, because of her. You know, like, she was willing to make us hot dogs if she was allowed to <laughs> that night. <laughs> 4 a.m. Right? Can't blame us. We were getting hungry. <laughs> she's she's a racer too. She yes, races a junior yep. dragster. Yep, so, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's amazing. She was even saying that she never thought that like you know this kind of drag racing like was uh, uh, able to be done. So it was really uh it was a hell of an experience. So we get there Friday, and uh, as many have heard and know already, Friday was a bit of a calamity apparently in the shutdown. Uh, yeah, guys were having rough. a lot of struggles. Scott and I looked at each other, and I think just as an excuse to not run our cars, we basically bitched out and said, yeah, we're not running our cars today. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so so we hung out Friday. 
uh, for uh, a number of hours. And, you know, um, I was going to start building my five-star car then, and I didn't. I waited until I went back to the Airbnb that night. I got quite a bit done on it. I'm glad I went to bed when I did. I didn't realize I was going to be up for 23 oh, hours coming into the next day. Man, if I would have built that car and went to bed at 4 o'clock and been up at 6.30, ooh, I would have hated myself. Well, no, I would have been sleeping in the car. I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been on the mic. I would have looked at Colin and been like, you just come wake me up when they're done, okay? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Friday testing was happening. Uh, I know they tried to address some of the issues with the shutdown. Uh, you know, trying to kind of appease everybody and, and make everybody happy. Um, you know, I definitely want to say a huge shout out to Dustin for, you know, shortly after the race kind of coming out and saying what needed to be said, uh, which is, uh, you know, you were saying it before Yeti and so was I. We all made a decision to put our cars down and go down that track. We all knew what was down that track. Um, we all could have, as racers, went and had a talk with Foster and the people running the race. And I can't see them having a hard time if we all wanted to make a change that was going to save our cars. Um, right. So I think as, as racers, we all need to kind of take that hint from Dustin. And the next time we're at a big event um, that, you know, we're not liking as racers what we see, we all need to get our, our go to our wives or call our wives, ask for our balls back from their purse, and then we need to go have a conversation with the race director and just be men and, and grown adults about it and say, hey, you know, like we want to have a great time here. How can we help as racers to make this situation better because at the end of the day, if we would have stepped in and helped out as racers, I think the overall, uh, you know, could you imagine that? Because I think the biggest thing that coming away from, from that race was really the amount of cars that got wrecked. It wasn't the speed controls that got burnt up and foster brought that up. It's funny. Nobody's talking about the fact that it was like what nine or 10 speed controls. I think at most that went up that weekend. I think it was more than that because you don't really know. Well, yeah, I guess some guys don't talk about it. They go back and make a change. (laughs) You don't always see it smoke on the start line when they get cooked. So it's hard to put a number on that. But you're right with the with the track being a little difficult. And, it, you know, they, they did everything they could. They sprayed the shutdown. Yep. They drugged the track. They did everything that they, they could think of to make it as good as they could for all of us, the racers. I feel so, like it was I, a, uh, a thousand times better track Saturday compared to Friday. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I didn't but run I, on I, Friday. I want... I want to Once say they start though. getting sauce down, it will always be better. Yeah. I want to say something. Foster did come out when everything was going on on Friday, and he said, I'll own this. Like, he didn't he didn't try to hide away from nothing. I have a lot of respect for that. When he, he came out and said, you know what? This isn't what we thought it was going to be. We're screwing up. We're going to try whatever. And like you said, they tried a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, they did. Well, it, Colin, Colin and I seen that side of Foster. We, we had went up to oh, kind yeah. of see where the rounds were at so we could kind of start, you know, trying to figure out points and – how everything was going to shake out that night. And while we were up there, you know, Foster was just like, you know, he was very, very stringent about, no, man, this is for like $30,000. This has to be right. You know, yeah. and you could tell tensions were high because it is, it's a big stressor. And I don't think a lot of people get that. No, if you've never been behind the do. scenes and helped run like a, a large event, like I've been a race director at a couple of the local RC clubs end year events. And like we had like, you know, 200 entries. We had, you know, tons of giveaways. We, you know, probably had like a hundred and some odd people just come and go watching through, through that day of racing. So until you're at that, where you have that many people around you, just like spectators, you know, racers, uh, family members that uh, until you're in those shoes, you can't speak to what you would do or how you would do it. 
because it is such a unique situation. And, you know, the races that I put on were never cash pots on uh, on the line. You know, it yeah. was some, some plaques, some wood with metal on them. <laughs> um, yeah. So on that... Yeah, you can't fault... Right, Can't fault Foster at all. No, he, he wanted to make sure it was done the no, best did. way possible, and yep. I think he probably, as racers as well, I think we all learned something from that race. You know, we all took something oh, yeah. away from it and how to improve 100%. our programs in the in the future. And if Foster does put on another race, I bet you it'll probably be blown out of the park, and it'll be one of those things where if he really wanted to step away and never run another race, he can hang his hat on that one and say, "Yeah, that was a good fucking race. Everybody loved that race." Yeah. Yeah, the thing I learned is that I will never want to run a race on a real drag strip again. <laughs> I think there's something to do with the with the the compound of the rubber that the drag cars use versus the compound of the rubber that we're using. Do not hook up same way that a full size car would on it. I think in and, the summer months when the track temp would get up, you know, up to ninety to hundred degrees. I think that might be yeah, not such an issue, but I think maybe. like the warmest the track got was like seventy five the whole weekend. That wasn't warm. It was, it was, it was not seventy five degrees. The air temp was that, seventy five. That's what so I mean. I'm so sure the track temp was higher than that. Well, but it didn't. The ground didn't get hot. That's the way I look at heat. If the ground feels yeah. hot to me, like radiating heat, then I know it's hot out. So like it was warm that day. Hey, at one point I was wishing I had wore shorts, but. By the time 4.30 in the morning came around and I'm looking over at Colin's legs sticking out of those shorts, I was going, <laughs> I'm glad I don't brought shorts on right now. Yeah, there was a point where I was thankful for the shorts and there was a point where I was wishing I uh, made a different decision that day. But <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize I'd be there till 6 a.m. Right. I wouldn't change uh, it, though. I won't lie. No, no. It's an experience. We'll I, I would forget. do it all over again the exact same way. Except on that bypass, I probably wouldn't try and send it for the moon. I would have waited. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, good call. Good call. The things you learn. Yeah. <laughs> what? I wanted yeah. to be like the street outlaws, man. When they get a bypass, they don't go up there and pussyfoot it. They go up there and try and make it lick. That didn't work. Oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, though. <laughs> I showed a couple of my work buddies that video that I got them of my wife taking that took standing behind me there. And I pause it right before the car kind of starts darting off to the right. <laughs> the one guy goes. Man, that thing looks like it's picking up. I'm like, hit. <laughs> I, I hit the play button, and all you hear is ping. Oh, yeah. that sounded bad. I'm like, it was. The battery was still hot eight hours later. Yeah, that's right. It Mine never caught fire, but it was. Dude, I probably could have put it in my pocket as a pocket warmer for the whole night. <laughs> yeah, mine went up in flames. Yeah, yeah you did. Spectacular, uh, Colin. I was pretty spectacular. It, that one. it ejected from the car, and then proceeded to burst into flames so. well at least it ejected that's kind of what i was thinking you know yeah. people are talking about having more rules to keep the batteries in the car and all that such and i'm i'm not so certain that that's i really i'm not necessarily so keen on like huge like making sure they stay attached to the car because again you know some people unfortunately don't understand like that are helping at these races don't understand the danger of these lipos and sometimes yeah. you know like you know, our brains don't work properly. They go, hey, dummy, pull that battery out. Pull the fire out. Pull the fire out. Um, yeah. And if it's strapped in there like a son of a bitch, then... Your car's going up in flames. Yeah, your car's going up in flames for one. But for two, the person that doesn't know better might burn themselves really badly just trying to pull the battery out. 
Um, yeah. I think I, I've heard, you know, an idea of like 3D printed cases that can fit these soft packs. I think those are kind of cool because then, you know, even with like the two Velcro deal that I do with the front and the rear thing to hold it. If I get in a bad enough a wreck, the Velcro might let the battery go, but it's at least in a, it's not that soft pack anymore. Like Yeti, that time when I backed into the curb, right? If that would have been in one of like a 3D printed case, that case would have okay. drug on the ground. And I wouldn't have burned through the pack like that. So well, that in Knoxville was the first time I've ever had a battery come out like that, and uh, that's probably the worst wreck I've ever had. So. That was a pretty gnarly wreck. Well, in mine in in Sudbury, when I had that situation, I had adjusted the car already for the new pack I was waiting to come in, which was longer. So the front and rear holders that I usually use with the the Velcro strap, well, the the rear one was way further back to account for the new size of the pack coming. So when I had backed it into the curb, the battery had lots of room to go and slide out from underneath the yep. Velcro towards the, the back of the car. Man, I'll tell you, <laughs> it's crazy how much bad damage a battery can do. It's like it, it oh, smushed my receiver. It sheared, sheared. It didn't break the carbon. It didn't break the aluminum. It sheared the bolt off the standoff that holds the battery. It's insane. Look at how much weight. How much weight is moving there in the, the inertia? <laughs> yeah, after about 50-some-odd mile an hour, and stops immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy. It is. A weapon. I'd, I'd rather have mine eject out of the car like it did in Knoxville. So I agree. any of these guys that want to keep the car, the batteries in the car and making rules for that. Well, and you're pretty good. Sorry, like, Colin, follow. I've seen how you strap your battery in. You're pretty diligent about yeah, it. I, it's not like you half-ass it. Yeah. You put it in there pretty good. Oh, I thought mine was good, but yours is, yours is really taped in there. It's taped in, but it will come out in a hit like that. Yeah. And here's the other thing with that is, would the battery have been damaged if it didn't come out of the car? I don't know. I don't know. But I've I'll seen so many go up in flames in the car mm -hmm. that I don't want that to happen. I'd rather have it come out. Well, and I think yeah, the going up in flames in the car is a lot like what, like how that battery of mine was still hot. That yeah. that the the impact from it alone hitting components that are on the car itself, some yeah. times might cause these soft packs to go up, and that's where, if I if that pack would have had a, a case on it or would have been in like a like a half case, I don't think I would have cut lost a battery on that wreck. Right. If it was a hard pack, had a hard case on it, then yep. maybe you'd want it to stay in the car, but. Um these soft packs, I want it to get the hell out of the car as quickly as possible. <laughs> get away, That's get away, fine. get away, go away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hot yeah. potato, hot potato, I don't want it. It can it can burn up down on the asphalt, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can. No, I agree. We can, we can do that. Have a shovel. That's that's a shovel and yeah. lots of sand. Sand. Like a sand bucket. Lots of sand. A metal sand bucket, you can throw it, like shovel it into and just let it burn off and be done when it's done. Just let it burn itself out on the asphalt. Who cares? It takes like two minutes. Yeah, you're true. Well, I think it depends on where you are. I'm kind of glad it's we didn't burn a hole. It's not going to catch anything else on. Yeah, it's not going to catch. It's not going to catch the asphalt on fire. So just you let can it burn catch all. asphalt on fire. <laughs> you can. I've seen it. No, you can, but <laughs> one of these batteries is not going to do that. And hopefully not. Hopefully not. So let's talk a little bit about the race on Saturday. You know, we all showed up. I did one test hit. Found out that I had a screw loose on the car, so I, uh, oh no, I had a broken screw, that's what it was, so I went about changing parts, and Colin convinced me that it's okay to take 40 grams of weight off the front of my car, there's no big deal there. Stop was being that a, wrong? No, you weren't. 
Um, <laughs> so, so uh, Colin tells me a lot, right? A lot. That, so. but, but hey, man, like you know, that's kind of what I was saying to a few guys in line. Like you know, I'd love to go up there and do three or four hits, but I know me, three or four hits, one of those ain't gonna go good, and and that could be real, real bad. So I try to stick to as few practice hits as possible because. At the end of the day, if the car goes down the track the way I'm intending it to, which it should, all things considered, I just got to figure out my tune and not blow, you know, not screw something up there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of knew the car was going to behave, but I couldn't figure out why I was kind of pushing to the one side and figured that out. I'd made an adjustment from there. My tune is always all over the place. Colin did a little bit of helping, uh, you know, smooth my tune out and. And, and make it more of a, like a nice curve as opposed to like a yee 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 yee. Um, it's kind of how I am. I kind of go in, in steps. Yee 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 yee. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, I see it all the time. You're not the only one. And it's, it's I, I don't know how to explain it anymore, but you want it to be a smooth transition curve. Smooth curve at the top, not not be all over the place on its way up. So, but. Smooth is straight, definitely. So yeah, just apply that power smoothly. Colin helped me a couple of times there, look at my tune, and uh, I I was you know very very happy to go a couple of rounds. Um, ultimately, I crashed my car and had to borrow Yetis for my next two races, which I went out on. But um, you know I have to say a huge shout out to 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 Scott Glasscock and his family because they were amazing all weekend. Um, They're incredible. His mom incredible and dad people. are are two amazing people. His wife Missy is great. Um, and Scott himself, you know, like I, I could hang out with that guy anytime, any place. Um, I don't, I don't think I've seen him angry or upset about nothing. And he, he had a rough go there. He had a hard time with his car, as everybody did. But yeah, he did. Oh, really he was, he was doing rent a ride weekend, man. He was running he was. Jared's Fury from Five Star. Never yeah, mind. Nice okay, one. Hang on. Think about that for a minute. You've got the guy who sponsors you, who owns Five Star Hobbies, sends you his personal car. Says, here, bro. Run this at King of the Smokies. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. You could tell me that 1,500 times. <laughs> it don't matter. Um, it'll never be out of my head that that was somebody else's car. So, you know, I didn't help matters with that. I was messing with him the whole time. Me like, man, you know how mad he's, Jared's going to be if you wad this thing up? He goes, no, he told me not to worry about him. Like, oh, perfect. Just send that bitch then. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, spending the weekend and the couple of days with him and his family. And then, you know, of course, being at the track, you know, being around Colin uh, for what, you know, was to me our last big race together as, as Team McClan. Because, uh, you know, he's he's on yep. to, to new adventures and new places in the new year. And I have, uh, I think, three days to decide what the hell I'm doing. I haven't filled out an application yet. I, I, I just procrastinating like usual. So if I apply, it's going to be at the last minute. Probably be ignored because I sent it so late. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but the, the day was amazing. Uh, you know, it Yeti was. was there, of course, uh, who was else was around us. It's like, so, uh, oh, well, art was right there. RC speed secrets. John Schultz was just over from us. Uh, we had, um, we had Cameron pitting to our left that, that, that <laughs> little man. He you beat know, me so bad. Oh, I, I, I showed up on Friday and I, I, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the, uh, the RC racer guys that I'm more than positive. I went up to him like, Hey, we should race these later. Cause I came up on my little e scooter there and they had one of those little E electric, like little bikes. <coughs> and cam happened. Was that, over- hey? was that Tony Ton or was it, uh, it wasn't uh, Tony. Tony was there though with those guys. It was Tony. 
Uh, I think Smashy was over there helping them out. I don't think he was pitting with them, but he was in there in that trailer a lot. And Dan uh, was there too. Dan, Dan. Yeah. I think that's who it was. I think it was bugging Dan. And uh, Cameron had come up, and he goes, "Hey, you want to race?" So him and I frigged off, and we went racing, <laughs> racing those things. Um, he realized how much faster mine was than the little one they had there, so he kept. Uh, he, Friday, man, he rode the crap out of that thing. He went everywhere. Saturday, I didn't let him ride that much because I wanted to make sure I had enough battery to get my tubby butt around. That's, that's what I said to him. I said, sorry, dude, we're going to be here for a long time and I don't have to do a lot of walking. <laughs> uh, but, he man, he went rounds. That, he did. That young did man really went well. rounds. And he, he was all the way fast. To the, the finals. Yep, he did. He was fast. Yeah, against Joey Davis. Yeah, that was really one of yeah. those moments, you know. No, I know Colin had called it way earlier in the night, and he said Joey's got that look in his eyes; he's gonna win this thing. But man, like that was the first time where it was like, I have no idea who's gonna win this race. Like this is literally could be anybody's race right now. Some of the so fast many. guys went out early. Some yep. of the fast guys stayed in. Some some names I'd never heard of before went lots of rounds. It was awesome to watch. It was wicked. There's to watch so that. many fast guys now. That... Oh, it's insane. There could be a, a fast local guy that can sneak up and and you know, fly under the radar and, and yep. win win any of these big races. Yep. At this oh point. yeah, for sure. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Nope, definitely not. It was it was wasn't like that a year ago. No, no, you could you wouldn't. No, you, you, race, you definitely you had like, like you knew like if you seen the roster of people showing up, you're like okay that that's top that's top twelve races right there. Top sixteen is going to be yeah, the, that definitely. that group. Yeah, yep. but now it's now it's there's so many fast guys that yeah. there 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 could be somebody in the finals you'd never heard about. Well, Cameron, for right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Young young little dude like that, you know, like the car yeah. can be perfect. It still takes a driver to drive the car. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It t- it takes calm nerves, get a good light, not saw the wheel. There there's there's a lot of things. Like I know it's just going in a straight line. A lot of people said let's just go in a straight line. You know what, motherfucker? Do you know how hard it is sometimes for me to get my fucking two-wheel drive off-road car to go straight down the fucking hundred-foot front straight? Okay, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not. So hundred thirty. That's what. That sounds like a you problem, eh? <laughs> well, usually after I make sure it's tracking straight, it's never a problem for the rest of the day. But for some reason, no matter how much I, I make sure the toe matches. And the cat, everything's right. I set the car down, and it'll still want to go left or right a little bit. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> just whatever. I just become used to it. I just make sure I go down to the far end first, and then I drive the car straight down the straightaway before I race it, and make sure it drives straight. Don't try and do it from the driver's stand if you're new to off-road racing. It's really hard perspective-wise if you try to. Oh, Colin needs a beer time. I can't argue <laughs> with that. I think what we'll do is is we'll we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish discussing Colin and Yeti's day, um, and of course you know we'll kind of go through a couple of the, the the races and stuff like that because I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to. I know Colin went over and kind of hung out and watched from the, the the fence, and I tried to learn a little bit from a teacher here. He's a team manager, guys. He does things differently, so you gotta watch. You gotta watch. I watch I watch more than uh, I actually race. Well, because, yeah, we're going to get into that after this break, because to me, that's sure. that's a huge key, I think. And some people maybe don't know that is, is yep. how much team managers do watch. So I want to kind of maybe shed a little, little bit of light on that for folks that are, you know, looking at be, or have, you know, uh, submitted to be sponsored. And we'll talk a little bit about that for anybody who's, you know, still on the fence. 
or playing the procrastination game like I am. You're running out of time. Do it. But, yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. I don't know what else to tell you. Go. Grab something to drink. See you later. No, wait. Stay. We'll be right back. And we're back. Just like that. A break. <laughs> that was nothing to anybody else. It's great. It never happened. they knew. If only they knew. <laughs> if only I remembered to put a marker in to put a commercial in. That'd be even better, but I didn't. So I guess no commercial. Yay! Um, <laughs> small disaster averted. At least we didn't come back not knowing Yeti couldn't hear us. We got that figured out. So Yeti can hear us and we can hear him. That's a bonus. Eh? Two-way, con- two-way communication. Although it would have been funny if I would have started recording because you just would have heard me and Colin and like, Yeti! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's back, get back to the King of the Smokies We were all there on Saturday Like I said, I got it tested in I was pretty happy with the car um, You know, did some slight tweaks and adjustments And referred to my um, team manager, Colin, for a tune Because I knew I had no business trying to really put one together Well, I shouldn't say that I put one together and then said, hey, Colin, come look at this And then he looked at it and said, what are you doing? Let me fix that for you <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so, so thanks to Colin. He got me all fixed up on the, on the tune side of things, but, um, Yeti, I know you did a little bit of practicing on Friday, so let's hear a little bit about like how your whole deal went. Cause mine's very uninteresting. Cause I don't do a lot of testing. We know that my Friday was a nightmare. I, like I said, it took me probably got on the struggle bus for a bit. Did you? Oh yeah. I think about five times to figure out what I was doing to even start to try to find traction to get down at all. I went about five foot every time and then uh, i finally got it slowed down enough to actually start going down the actual track and my sixth and seventh runs were down the track but not with too much speed on the friday there just no luck so i put the car away and uh, just watched and put attention to what was going on with everything else on that day and just you know what f it i'll, I'll do better tomorrow well yeah actually Saturday, and even uh, friday night at the at the the vrbo that we had or whatever there you weren't you weren't typical Yeti mode, which was, you know, tear the entire car apart and rebuild it. You actually no. hung out. I was the guy sitting over there freaking playing, plunking away and dropping shit all over the floor. <laughs> no, I knew I knew the car was okay. I knew the, the problem was me understanding the track. I felt pretty confident in my car itself. I just, I screwed up more my setup, more than the car itself. I knew that. So that I knew with the couple runs I actually got down, I replaced the bearings when I was off the track before we left. In the wheels, because I knew I took one wheel out pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Smacked a brand new uh, um, Josh wheel, so yeah, I know that, I destroyed one of my front. front rims. It's terrible. But uh, Saturday when I got there, I actually had a tune that would start going down. There was enough guys going down that we actually knew where the patch was and the rubber was down and I, remember, I should say the VHT was on there. It was getting sticky at that point, and I got some runs down, and I was uh, I think I was. 201 my first run and then 1918 for the rest of my runs after that once I got it figured out and then just trying to pay attention to the track itself um the my actual first race was against Cam and man like you said that kid he, just, <laughs> he, he didn't crushed me yeah unfortunately he, he didn't hold dude you could have had a car that was going A to B with the best tune up in it you've ever had I mean like yeah I got this and you would have went up there and went oh what happened he went one five on a track that didn't have any reason to go one five. I went one eight, and he came over, he shook my hand, and you know, said, "You know, good run and stuff like that." So I mean, it was I couldn't be mad about losing against that. His car was the better car that day. He did really well, and 
He had a good attitude about everything too, which I was pretty impressed with the guy that young. That was a long day for a young man like him. That, that's for oh, sure. Definitely, definitely. Man, it's all a blur to me. I don't too. even remember who I pulled for the first round, dude. No. No. <laughs> that's not good. I completely forget, man. I feel terrible. No, I, I had him, and it was a good run. I ran a couple, uh, a couple other guys too that were from the um, royalty group. They were pretty cool guys to go against too. Well, hey, at least so. in this one instance, we didn't end up racing ourselves over and over again. No, no, definitely nobody that, I, from our little our group got a chance to run each other at all. Even Colin yeah. can say that this time, right, Colin? Like, we really we, felt like... We've seen that before. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah right, Chad and, Col- or Chad and Ian racing yeah. each other in A and B bracketed super chips? <laughs> that that uh, no. sucks. Ian had to race uh, fine in both. Well, that was in Wisconsin. No, was... no, yeah, Wisconsin, right, right, Oh, right. see, I didn't even know that happened to Ian in Wisconsin, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He got so screwed. You want to talk about, okay, so, like, everybody's talking about how it's a turnoff, that it's so expensive. and Could you imagine being Ian? That guy travels all the way from Utah, and at two of the big events he goes to, he pulls the same guy in both rounds? Like, come on. That was Pretty insane. That's yeah. rough. But... If we all know Ian, as we know Ian, he grins and bears it, and he goes at it at the best attitude possible. And that's that's one of the things that I, I found the for meeting Ian over these couple of races that I met him at, and and kind of seen him operate. Man, he normally doesn't. He's not too negative about it, man. You could try and throw some negativity his way, and he'll just kind of shoulder it off and be like, "Nah, not today." <laughs> uh, Ian, my favorite thing, Ian's awesome. Yeah, my my favorite thing about Ian, he'll go and go to the race and have homework to do. Do the rounds, help you tune, sit down, do a bunch of homework in between. Like, it's just, just insane. That guy Man, I seen him so, and Keeley doing homework like that together. And I'm thinking, <laughs> like, uh, my hat's off to you guys because there's no way if I could have been your age going to school, coming here. <laughs> school work staying no. at home, man. I'm not. <laughs> 100%. But, yeah. So, I was, uh, I'll say... Tennessee was a rough race for me. I was discouraged a lot. I had I had my uh, my fiance come down with me this time, which is amazing. What was actually, her takeaway from she it? Was, she was awesome to meet. By yeah, way. yeah, that was uh, first time I'll I actually know, got to meet no, her too. She had a blast. She loved everybody down there. She had so much fun. She's looking forward to going again. I'm looking forward to having her come down again too. So, uh, she there was some stuff that she didn't really like about uh, you know the testing and stuff like that. Was how it went like so fast there's so many people with the testing and how you don't get a lot of tests in but i mean it, every race director tries to figure that out no one's got that right yet i don't think there's any girls. magical answer to it unless you basically do tickets that ensure each racer has it right yeah I, I was not at that one how do they do it colin um you, you get? get two test hits and those are your qualifying runs yeah oh, really? there is no testing whatsoever at no King of the testing yeah. nope I, I like the idea of basically like a ticket system. When you sign up, you get two tickets for two test hits that have to be ran within the prescribed test time. And that's it. You don't go we do go your to hits. Race. You don't go do your hits. We go to races to race, not test. We yeah. test. Yeah, this is true. This is true. This is true. And then, do, your homework, like me. do your homework at home and go to a race to race. And that's why I say that's, that's, yeah. that's why people look at me like I'm crazy. But the last time I put my car down, if it went A to B, other than maybe too hot of a tune-up in it, making it do something weird. I don't go home and reinvent the wheel. I leave the car alone. 
you know, I, I go to my next race. I bleed my shocks to make sure that any elevation changes that I had didn't cause any kind of weirdness for my shocks. But other than that, that's it. I try not to monkey with the car too much because my car set up here to run at home or in Sudbury is not nearly the same car that's set up to run at these big events. No, it's, no, I it's, have two completely different setups for that one, one for here and one for when I travel. Right. Totally so different th- th- that's yeah, kind of why I, I never funked with it. That's also why I didn't do a lot of testing out here unless I needed to kind of go see something that, I, that mm-hmm. you know, inquiring minds needed to know. Um, am I very lucky? Yeah. I'm gonna, the problem I'm gonna, is <laughs> I'm going to call during, it a lot of luck. During the, the practice and testing times at these big races, the track is nothing like what it's going to be during the actual races. So No, you're right. Uh, there's, there's no point in doing a gazillion runs. You just need to get the data that you need from each run. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, uh, if you're not recording that data properly, then you're going to be out to lunch anyway. So doing a million hits in practice isn't going to be any good. But no. If you know what you're looking for and you can read the data and you know what what your tune is and what the next tune is and what what to turn up where then uh oh, just a couple of hits is all you need because you know the track's going to change so you need to monitor what the track is doing watch what other people are doing and and then you should know in your head what you need to do to your tune automatically that's, there, that's in itself an art form too. Yeah, once you once eliminations start, and it, it could be four, five, six hours in between each one of your runs, and the track is going to change a thousand percent. So, well, we've seen that happen at at King of the Smokies when the timing system went down. Oh, the, the track that, went from being sunny me. and hot to it cooled off significantly. Now, what was surprising is even at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. The dew, the moisture in the air, to me, didn't really seem to change the track a whole lot. Like, track was cold. It, it but... didn't affect it much because it was, was so much stick- so much of the, the sticky crap on the track already. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we've seen that. We've seen lots of cars not even leave the line. And, and, yep. And I know, Yeti, you were saying before that, you know, uh, that she noticed how people were taking the stick off the line. I was literally going up there and putting my feet, my left and my right feet down, the same amount of taps on each side. And the shoes that I happened yep. to be wearing left like broken up lines, so I wasn't putting it down in a solid contact patch. It was, it had some That's give. Exactly it. And I That's also exactly would then take it. my own car and move my own stuff out and try and reduce the amount on my own tires. There were some times, man, where like just pulling the car back to get it out of the stick was like, holy sh! Like, please let this least, car leave. <laughs> I saw at least one car that got stuck on the line. He broke his wheelie bar trying to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think I seen like was, more than one do that, but I seen, I yeah. think I was with you. I think when that one happened. So stuck. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's Went to grab that's, by that's the wheelie much. bar. And... <laughs> yeah. I was Crazy. grabbing mine by the, the, the rear arms. If I had to pick it yeah. up again, I was trying to pick it up from the arms, not by the wheelie bar anymore. Cause it's, oh, that's it. Like you said, when I picked one up, I rolled it back and lifted it up. I wasn't lifting straight up. There's no way. It was just, it was too damn stuck. And it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. All three of us went to Super Chips. We all went to Wisconsin and we all went to Tennessee. And we all seen Grip get more and more and more. And Colin, I know you went to other races that Yeti and I didn't go to. Yeti, I know you've been to Mommy, Ohio, Ohio, where 
they're like the grip is so how did how how did ohio compare to anywhere like to tennessee the way it was getting sticky at the line sorry ohio's got a it's kind of a weird surface it's uh it's such a narrow track so you have to make sure you're going straight so guys don't screw around with their setup like you when you get there and you see the lines in the road you can go within an inch on either side of it just get enough out of the stick if you need to so you don't get stuck right on the line itself mom means a, a very interesting place to run if anybody gets a chance to go there go the people are amazing the track's amazing but the uh the amount of stick there was like uh oklahoma when we first first got there it wasn't nearly as crazy as it was in ohio or sorry in no um wisconsin or tennessee tennessee's the worst i've ever seen it so i guess then Even, by like in in mommy ohio when they're talking about how sticky the track is they mean the whole track gets pretty sticky track. right yeah. not like what we're seeing a lot like don't get me wrong i know in wisconsin and in tennessee if we would have walked you know 60 80 feet down the track it would have been plenty of sticky but wisconsin brought a whole level of car stick into the line that we were not seeing at super chips that didn't happen that often i think there was maybe no, one or two cars like that. that got stuck it, on the line it's just been getting worse and worse as we've been going on. The guys making the sauce have become more proficient at it. Guys are putting so much more on it to try to get down. I definitely do want uh, to talk about sauce when we get to the end of the, the whole yeah. <laughs> King of the Smokies. Um, but I, I will say like there there's stuff that guys are doing to get out of the, the sticky stuff a lot more. Like I was saying, like you're stepping on the track, stuff like that. Uh, paying attention on where the guys are putting their cars down. Uh, just there's a lot of tricks the guys are doing now that, that they weren't doing before. So I changed how much sauce and where I was putting it on my tires. I actually that made a huge difference. Yeah, when I when it got really really sticky, I was putting one thin strip just around the center, one coat. That was it. it wasn't even the full width of the tire, and it helped. My car didn't get stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I had changed the way I was saucing big time. Oh, that was when I. That was when I beat Dustin. Hmm. And that car went straight. Man, that takes some. That that takes a pair, man. I don't know if I would have ever been convinced enough to put like a strip in the middle. Like I do with my foam tire cars, like on the front tires. I only put like a little, like eighth of an inch on the inside of the front tires. Otherwise, you have so much steering, you can't even turn it down out of it. Um, I had nothing to lose. I knew I was racing Dustin, so it's like either I'm going to get stuck on the line or this thing's going to rip. It ripped. Uh, It ripped. It did. Damn, damn, damn it did. Um, yep. I've been to enough of these races. I'm I'm learning very slowly. <laughs> just just in time to not go to many more of these big races there, eh, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. So let's talk about that a little bit. How was your, What was your last experience kind of at a big race as part of Team McLean? Because really that, that was your last big race as, you know, team manager for the drag racing side of McLean. So what what was it like? Was it a little bittersweet? Very bittersweet. Very, very bittersweet. I I love every minute of going to these races with all the team and everybody and, and being a part of McClan and I still love McClan. I I don't have any bad feelings at all towards McClan or anything like that. But uh things change, you know, times change and it's time to move on. I still have McClan in all of my cars. I have no plans of taking McClan out of my cars. Um, yeah, I can't I see may, a reason to either myself, to be honest. I, 
I may mess around with with things in my drag car once in a while. That's understandable, though. I think anybody but, that's kind of on the market that's not locked into any manufacturer for speed controls or motors or any of that definitely, um, you don't want to try anything and everything that's out there to kind of see what what's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the, there's probably plenty of team drivers out there that try different stuff. They just don't talk about it. Oh, I know there was. I saw many. <laughs> <laughs> I saw lots at some of these races. And See, that's the thing. I would never, as a sponsored driver at a race, try something. But at home, when my team manager's not around, a bunch of my teammates aren't around, well, sure, I might try something that I'm not, not supposed to do. And then, then if it works really, really good, then I'm going to reach out to my team manager and be like, so, uh, listen. Is there a way we can figure out for me to do this with our stuff? Or what am I doing to make this thing look like a... Um... <laughs> but at, at the same time, uh, I think a lot of people probably know this about me by now, that I'm a very truest when it comes to like rules and like the idea, ideology of things. You know, if, if I'm the atypical guy, I'm not the guy who's going to look through the rules and try and find somewhere to cheat. I'm going to look at the rules, build my car to the rules, and show up with a car that's built... To, to to it with with everything. So that means when it comes to my sponsorships, I'm like that. It means if I'm obligated to run a motor speed control, then I'm running that motor and speed control. Whether you know the consensus on the the market is that it's not the greatest or it is the great, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't let that get in my head. And and maybe more sponsored folks that have you know went that far need to start remem- reminding themselves that you wanted to be sponsored by manufacturers. Um, because things aren't developing or going the way you want in your race programs, it doesn't mean you just cut out and go. You need to fulfill your obligation, do what you agreed to do for the year at least, and then go about your business. Yeah, um, that, you know, and everybody on the McLaren team applied to be on the team. That's oh. just it, right? And and ninety <laughs> 99.99% of all sponsorships are probably going to be like that. There's very few times where it's going to be a manufacturer reaching out to you saying, hey, we really want you on the team. And here's your deal. They're, they don't. I don't. I don't think that's completely true. That still happens. Oh, I know that happens, but it's it's not it's not a widely in in the bigger part of the industry. I don't mean in the drag racing world because I know there's a lot of manufacturers that are you know from home manufacturers that do very well. Um, yeah. So not those guys. You know what I mean? I know those guys. And from what I'm hearing, that's how it's going to start being now. You're you're going to need to start like more of these manufacturers are starting to if you run our products. You've been a good ambassador about our products, and we hear about you from one of our current team members. That's how you're going to get on our team nowadays. Um, I think that's pretty be. cool. I think that's pretty cool. That's how already. it should be. Yeah. Yep. And not a, not a single one of my sponsors I've have I asked for. I haven't applied to any of them. I haven't filled out a resume. None of them. They've all come to me, or through a, a reference. So I've been referred mm-hmm. at some point somebody and that's that's exactly how it should that well that's kind of cool it's one of the coolest things when you kind of get in listen i don't think anybody anybody started this hobby with the thoughts in their head that they were going to be a sponsored driver team manager work for a manufacturer for the the industry you know i don't know colin's entire rc life because uh, we've never had like the colin branch story which don't worry folks we're gonna colin's hanging out to kind of <laughs> do the king of the smokies update but i want to do a whole like who is colin of the branches um, yeah, I'm going to butcher we, his name. We could do that sometime. That's what I mean. I think it'd be great, you know, kind of give everybody a background who doesn't know. I, I partly don't know everything Colin's done. I know Colin's been a super cool dude since, 
you know, him and I started talking and since I've been on the McLean team, I've gotten to know Colin way better and I don't know whether or not he really loves when I'm around or not because I can be a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> but Oh, I love I love you, Matt. I love you. You're I, good. You're good. I, I feel like that if John Schultz and I are together at any race, there's bound to be a ton of fun. Um, I've had so much fun <laughs> at races because of John Schultz. The it's, best one. It's... Did it should be about guys, having fun. Right? Yeah. Did either of you guys see the post from Jonathan? I guess they were loading up tra- tra- tables to go somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and the table I wrote on saying, hi, John Schultz, Matthausen was here. <laughs> but see, that's those are experiences that I want everybody to experience in the hobby. And that's the thing. Like It it, it hurts me to see people get discouraged at the cost of it. But I, I want to remind them that, yes, this hobby is expensive. It doesn't matter what side of it you get into. Bashing can get really expensive. Um, it's your level of commitment to it. So don't commit to more than you can handle. Look at the bigger thing. Find the local scene. Race at the local scene. You don't have to go to these national events to be somebody on the streets. That's the reality. You know what I mean? Like, I was never a huge Kai Kelly fan until really more recently. And the guy works his ass off and is a damn good racer. You know what I mean? But that's because mm-hmm. I didn't know about him. And he was on TV, you know what I mean? I'd only known that little bit, but now that I try and watch him more and see what he's doing, it's become easier for me to to be a fan of that. And that's, I think, what some people need to remember is, like, you know, like, you can be one of these guys that people know of, but maybe don't know how fast you are until, you know, they actually see you at a race or two or stuff like that. It's okay to be that guy. Social media doesn't matter. (laughs) I hate to say it to you guys, it doesn't. It matters to guys like me whose sponsorships solely <laughs> rely on the fact that I talk to you guys, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It, re- it truly doesn't. Um, have fun with it. You know what I mean? But, uh, Colin, you flew in, and then um, Foster hooked you up with his car for the weekend, didn't you? Yeah. yeah so how, I did, stayed how with- did Foster get around all weekend, or were you guys just kind of together? Is that how that worked? Oh, he, I flew in and Foster picked me up at the airport on, was it, I think it was Thursday night, something like that. Um, And I stayed with Foster at his house and um, he let me drive his car for the weekend and he rode his motorcycle. Okay. That makes so much sense then. Yeah. Yeah. He rode his, his GSXR. So, um, I felt bad for him because it was cold in the middle of the night when he's going back and forth. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, did, so he oh. rode home after the race that morning? Yeah. Yeah, I was in bed by the time he got home already. I was going to say, would you guys sleep for like three hours and get up and go out or something? Um, On Sunday? Yeah. I think I think I slept till noon. Like I six was, hours. Or I was a wreck, man. Hours. I was up at 930. We were packed up leaving the VRBO. I didn't drink enough water, so my legs started cramp. I was a hot mess on Sunday, man, like migraine. <laughs> it was, you would have thought I went out on a bender, and that's what I said to my wife. I'm like, man, I wouldn't be upset feeling like this if at least I had drank excessively or done something to, like, really deserve it. I'm like, but I stood outside and froze my ass off for six hours, and this is how yeah. I feel. <laughs> so part of, you know, when, it, when I make these trips – you know, there's a lot of money being spent, and typically I'm going to places I've never been before. I want to go and and see the, the, the sites in the area and spend some time learning about the area every single time. I mean, mm-hmm. anywhere I'm at, I want to go and spend some time 
We did that in Wisconsin. Everything. We went going into Milwaukee. That was that was a highlight that was of fun. that weekend, man. Was going with everybody Definitely. into Milwaukee and like wandering around yep. and you know what yep. I mean? Like that was such a good time. That's right. You know, some people enjoy just being at the track the whole time. I I can't stand it. I enjoy it. I enjoy being at the track, but I highlights for me are usually outside of the track and seeing different areas and like Milwaukee was great. Um, also, we had the rented. We rented a house, so we ended up hanging out at the house a lot, doing hits out on the in the on the road in front of the house. <laughs> you know, it was a, a neat patio, so it was nice to sit out there. Um, in the streets, it's Vegas, so of course, you know, there's always lots to do there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I want to go to so, King of the Streets in April this year. Even it's, if I don't uh, race, like even if it's just kind of be there to be there, you know, as part of the NPRC committee, just, you know, showing our presence, being around, you know, seeing the, the seeing the race go down, you know, like Tyler. Why, why Tyler wouldn't you I'm race? Like, well, it's expensive for me to drag everything there. If you're going there, it's not going to cost you any more to race aside from the entry fees. You're not wrong. Spending <laughs> all that money to go, you might as well enter. Stop reasoning with me there, mister. Twisting my arm. <laughs> I'll only go if you go and race. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I like that. Um, I can work on that, a we'll see. That might be the only race that I can that I go to, but we'll see. Well, if it is, other than... I think you're, you're going to go to the one up by you, though, that's planning to happen, right? Right. Can we right, talk right, about that yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. When is that yeah, one again? August, August, up in Oregon. August, yep, in Oregon at a at a casino. Ooh, even better. The race, the race is actually going to be at the casino. Everybody stays at the casino. Oh, it's all it's an all in one. This is that. That's a great. That's a great idea. You know, it's funny you say that because that's kind of the same idea. If I ever put on a race myself, would be in Michigan, and I'd be going to talk to one of the Kuwaitan casinos because. They have the property for it. They've hosted other RC events before, so they understand that there can be a draw. Um, and, you know, once you start showing them that, hey, look, there's a race in Vegas that happens every year. There's a race here. There's a race here. There's a race in, you know, there was a race in Knoxville for 30K. You know, it's going to bring 200 plus people here. Yeah. You know, yep. I, I think yep. that would be really, really cool. I want to try and make Casi- it to that one. Casinos, like 100% behind it. They're all excited about it and. Oh, Sounds that, like I'm gonna have to book a room, figure out flights. Yep, I want to go to that one. That one looks like a pretty fun one. I yeah, my racing prob- schedule might be way different this year for most folks out there wondering. Like uh, uh, Super Chips, um, you know, Jared and Greg put on such a great event that I do probably plan to be at that one for sure. Um, I want to try, like I said, get to Ohio. Uh, but if I'm planning to go to Vegas and I'm planning to probably go to Oregon. Uh, there's a good possibility. That's probably my race schedule there for the for the whole year. It's going to be Vegas, Super Chips, probably an Ohio race, and then uh, out to Oregon, and then one or two in Canada. Um, so. That should be a bit more in Canada this year. Yeah, somebody I definitely needs want to, to race. put a big one on in Canada. Yeah, the problem is, is where. Yeah. Do we, where. do we do it in the East Coast or do we try and do it Central? Do we try and get it in like Alberta? Well, that's not Central. There's, and oh, wow. if you go completely <laughs> central Canada, there's nothing. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I would I would suggest Ontario. 
Yeah, I think Ontario. The only problem is finding a track that's or a place that can hold it, a track that's decent enough to run on, and some place that we can have people stay and casino. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, casino. Yeah, this is true. Wachego Casino, maybe. Somewhere yeah, like right. that. Somewhere that's got the 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 space to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> that's kind of the 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 gimmick that we're at is is like. You know, for some people that are listening to the show that aren't familiar with the, the province that Yeti and I live in, Ontario, it's huge. Um, to ah, drive across the main highway that goes from one end to the other literally can take you a 24-hour period to cover. Still be in Ontario. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and that's that's saying that that main artery isn't closed anywhere and you got to divert and take an extra longer way. Uh, so like Texas with shitty roads. Yes. Ding. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I definitely am down, you know, Yeti, if we want to talk about trying to put on a huge one, we can mm-hmm. we can try and, you know what I mean, really start putting the feelers out there. I can kind of reach out to some of the people that I used to know from my old job, you know, that, you know, are yeah. in yep. an industry that know people like that. Yep. That we need to know. True. But, uh, true. so Colin shows up on Thursday night. He spends the weekend with Foster. And I know you guys had a good time on Sunday. I was kind of jealous of them. Like, those fuckers are out having a great time. And here I am fucking feeling like a bag of dicks. God damn it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know, always, always plan on a day on each end. Hang out to get situated, you know, before the race. Enough time to have to buy in and go directly to the track most of the time. And then the day after, I never want to fly out like the, on the Sunday, yeah, the race goes long, or well, and we were we were supposed to be racing on Sunday, but because weather was coming in, it got mixed. Yeah, which I don't blame I them. Always... That was a good call. It was better to call it and say no, we're not doing it at all, than let everybody show up in the morning for the rain to start literally a half hour after we show up. And yeah, yeah. I I always plan to have like that Monday off at least, so that Sunday we can go and whatever we want go hang out but we went to we went downtown knoxville stuff down there it's really nice downtown area and the stadium there where the plays it was pretty cool that stadium that that, their football stadium holds over a hundred thousand people that's more than the population of the city i live in yeah insane yeah it's crazy um and then we we drove out to Pigeon Forge, which is this badass. He, he calls it uh, Hillbilly Vegas. <laughs> Hillbilly Vegas. <laughs> he calls it Hillbilly Vegas because obviously they're in Tennessee, but it looks like like Vegas with all the. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. You have to look it up, but um, it it is incredible out there, and it's out in the roll in the hills, the Smoky Mountains, and. That's where Dollywood is. Oh, okay. Yeah, my wife we drove like check that out. Drove by Dollywood. Their parking lot is insane. It's one of the biggest parking lots I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know that Dollywood is the number one amusement park in America? I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either, really? Dollywood. Believe it. <laughs> wow. Yep. Was I was, no was idea. Foster kind of giving you a history lesson? Oh yeah, he used to live in Pigeon Forge, so he was showing me all this stuff, and we went and went to uh, Old Smoky Moonshine, went to one of their locations there in the in the little hipster downtown kind of area of Pigeon Forge, and 
did some kind of cool moonshine tasting and then they own the brewery next door which we went and had some beers there <laughs> oh yeah yep, no, scott, was... scott brought us out to get pizza on sunday night and he was kind of giving me a whole like little history lesson about the whole area you know because like the civil war was fought in that area yeah. you know what i mean I so like there's a lot right there's a lot of history and stuff and like, he was telling me like you know, there's a plantation house back here that, you know, there's a, there's a photo or something, I guess, out there that from back in the war days, there's in the winter, there's like pile, like a pile of limbs from, from them, like removing limbs and stuff like that from the second floor window. Cause they just throw them out the window. Like, that's right. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's like that building's still there. And like the battlefield where they fought is like still like all undeveloped yet and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of crazy. It's even crazier to think that they developed some of it, right? Like people now live on a battlefield. Right. <laughs> it gets that that's kind of crazy. And then you you start really learning like in Canada, Yeti, they don't teach us shit about the Civil War. Not no. not not even remotely freaking close enough to actually get a good opinion on it. And like I said, I've never I'm not one to judge. I'm 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 not. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm an equal offender when it comes to that. Some people may call me uh potentially racist, a bigot. Uh, but I'm not. I'm, I see the comedic value in it. I'm the kind of guy that grew up on like listening to, to you know, early days of <laughs> Eddie Murphy. And, you know, <laughs> I, I prefer to look at it like as being ignorant instead of racist. OK, I like that idea more of it because I'm not. I'm not. You're right. I'm ignorant to other people's feelings about words. That's what I'm going <laughs> to stick with. I like that a lot more. That's going to be mine. <laughs> don't call me racist but you can call me ignorant yeah you can call me ignorant <laughs> about words and people's feelings that's okay some people also call me an asshole but that's because i'm honest i'm gonna tell you the truth sorry i don't mean to hurt your feelings yeah. i just didn't know any better <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me see there there's go. a reason why i was born in canada and i'm canadian let me apologize first of all because what i'm about to tell you is gonna hurt your feelings <laughs> but i promise i still like you <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that area, that Tennessee is so cool. The weather is, is really, really good. Um, it gets humid in the summer is mm -hmm. kind of a bit of a, a downfall, but, um, as you saw, we were there, uh, Halloween weekend, Halloween weekend. You know what? It was really Halloween warm weekend it, and it was 75 degrees. It was, it, it was, was record setting warm at home for Halloween. Yeah. Like. It had, hadn't been as warm as it was in a long time. Yeti, I actually yeah. wanted to ask you, what did you think of all the rock and stuff like that down there? Because it's way different than what we got up here. Oh, it is. And, and uh, looking into that, it was just incredible. It was so amazing to see the different subsets and the structures and everything. It was insane. And did you did guys it make you want to dig? Did you want to go and dig a hole in the ground? <laughs> I wanted to bring some rock home with me just to show people because it was so crazy compared to what we got up here. Oh, I don't want to go digging the holes, mind you, but... Did, did you guys know that we drove by, like, where, like, one of, I think the first nuclear bomb testing and stuff kind of went on? Like, oh, yeah. what? So, the, you know the Manhattan Project? Yeah. Apparently, it, like, happened in that area. No kidding. Yeah, like, Scott and his dad were telling me all about it. Man, to be... I would have rather been a passenger in the vehicle with them as we were driving, because, the like, we'd get somewhere and be like... Hey, do you remember when we drove by blah, 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 and it's, it's like, that's really, you know what I mean? Like, it blows your mind the amount of information they give you. You're like, whoa, that's some cool, you know what I mean? And then I did see one cool thing going down. Oh, what did you see? We were going down, and we found the very first Kentucky Fried Chicken, where it all started, the Kendall Sandals gas station that became the actual Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, it was incredible. Really? 
Yeah. Was it in Kentucky? It was. <laughs> it honestly was. You're so, going down to the side. I'm like, I'm totally stopping. I cannot <laughs> drive past this. This is happening. So I went in, looked around. There's every kind of bucket you've ever seen. Every kind of uh, toy that they've ever put out was there. The patents for the way that they cook the chicken and how why they break it up the way it is. It was actually really kind of cool to see. So you know what's crazy about that you bringing up KFC like that? So like if you come here to the Sioux and you were to say to somebody that's, you know, like my grandparents, you know, and they're like 65, 70s. If you were to say to them, hey, I want to go for some JJ's chicken, they'd bring you to KFC here in town. Oh, really? Because it used to be called JJ's Kentucky Fried Chicken here in town because the guy who owned the franchise is JJ Hillsinger here in town. So he called it JJ's Kentucky Fried Chicken because I guess back in the day you could do that. Right? Like, obviously not anymore. Dude, do you don't have any idea, Yeti? Do you know how many years it took me to figure out what my grandparents kept on calling it fucking JJ's? <laughs> like, why do they keep calling it JJ's? What do I not know about Kentucky Fried Chicken? And then, you know, I found out it's a local thing. It has nothing to go. do with anywhere else whatsoever. <laughs> and, you know, that was another thing we talked a lot about with, like, uh, with, with Scott and his parents were, like, things that we have here in Canada, like restaurants and stuff like that. And it was kind of funny. We were at uh, Chick-fil-A getting breakfast. And we were talking, I'm like, well, we have a Popeye's. And the look on some people's faces when they heard me say that was priceless. It was like, you would have thought I just like swore or something like that. It was, <laughs> uh, we just had a lot of fun, man, comparing Canadian stuff to, to American. So mm. I'd, I'd rather move to America, I won't lie. I don't know if they yeah. let me. They let me in. I just don't know if they let me stay. I've lived in both places. I was born and raised in one, and I live in another. Well, I was just going to say, I think it says a lot with where you live currently. Yeah. You're still, you're still in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on it any further than that. <laughs> no, no. You know what? If you guys really want to hear how Colin feels about that, get him in person. It's quite comical. You'll laugh pretty good. I do. I don't take offense to it. I'm Canadian. He's Canadian, too. He's allowed to talk that way. And he's American. He's dual citizen. Can't have a problem with him. He's allowed to be in both countries. Sorry. I choose to live in the country I live in. <laughs> well, speaking of choosing to live in places, I know you're not in any rush to get out of Washington, but you're you're looking, eh? Aren't you? To kind of yeah, I want to I want to get out of here. Put it so in bad. the rear view, and what, are you going to keep on uh, trucking south? You think? Um, yeah, it'll definitely be further south than I'm living right now. Um, but how far east I go will be another question. I don't know yet. That was what I was going to ask. Are you going to kind of start working towards the east a little more, or are you going to stay on that westy coast? I don't know. I'm looking at Arizona. There's not a lot below you west coast-wise that, you know, I wouldn't go any further west coast than you are. Try and come a little bit east coast if you're going to go south. Oh, no, I'm I'm as far west as it gets, but but, um, it won't be Oregon again, and it won't be California again. I was going to say, I don't think you'd probably go to California. (laughs) It, It might be Arizona again, or it might be Texas or Florida, or Ooh. maybe Tennessee. I don't know. Depends. I. I mean, it kind of is depending on what I find for jobs at yeah. this point. See, but that's cool though. I like the fact that you know what I mean. If you found a job, you're willing to pick up and move like that. I'd. I'd love. Like in my head, I say I want to do it all the time, but I know I'm not doing shit till I retire. Because I can't commit to moving, moving like that for real. I'm gonna be that guy when they're gonna be like. Does anybody actually live in that trailer down over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that couple from the friggin' Canada. There's something else. Tell you. A husband. He's hilarious. 
The wife, she likes her wine. Just get her a bottle of wine. Get along with her great. <laughs> wine and tequila. Yeah. Well, that's my wife all day long. I'm going to run the oh. other way. I don't like tequila. I'll drink it, but I don't like it. Actually, I've never gotten really drunk off of it. Can that tell you something? I don't trust myself with it. I don't. No. I don't. I like my beer. It's like Colin. I like beer. I like my beer. I like boot beer in a boot in Milwaukee too. That was good. <laughs> was a lot I beer. did that the year before. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get the boot this year. I drank it all. I, my, I probably could have drank a second the first one, time. but I would have needed to take a travel cup for friggin' relief. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite kind of beer. Is the problem? Yeah, I hear it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, I, but the the German and Belgian style beers are not my thing. So drinking that much beer. Something I'm not real fond of. It's like, eh, I did it once already. I had to do it. I was there. I wouldn't have had another yep. opportunity to. Everyone's got to do it once. I don't, I don't see Das my, Boot. Yeah, the Das Boot. And I didn't get... Man, the heel almost got me when I got to that point when I went to take a drink from it. That bubble is no joke. It can, it can, it can really get you. You got to turn it so the toe is facing <laughs> yep. up. Yep. Right? Yeah. Well, kind of on an angle so that way you can more... And yep. not... Glug. <laughs> Otherwise, you're getting a whole face full. Uh, so, Colin, do you remember how many rounds you went at King of the Smokies? I don't. It was either two or three. I don't think any of us I, fared too, too great. No. I know the results I, are up. I, I, I kind of briefly looked at them, and I'm pretty sure I counted down to see where I where I went out. And I think it was within the top 60-something. So, I'm not complaining. There was like 280-some entries at yeah. that race. And yeah. To, to see my name finally pop up going out in the top 60-some, I'm good. I'll take that. I'll retire now. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, after I I destroyed my car on my first test run. Yeah, you bent a motor I, plate, man. Yeah, I've got it. It's sitting right here in front of me. You, you wah-wahed that thing pretty good. That was on Friday, right? You had to take her back and right there. fix her up? Wow. Yep, that was Friday. Um, that was one test hit. I thought I'd taken enough power out of it after watching some of the other cars, and uh, apparently I hadn't. And down near the finish line, it uh, decided to turn left into the the is it K rails? Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, They're way more convenient so, when you have a full size car that actually has enough to brush up against them and kind of keep going straight. But when they're uh -huh. the size our cars are, they. You go underneath. <laughs> they tend to be those little cool missile things that wedge themselves underneath it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was that was the extent of my test and tune. Well, you tested, and then you definitely had to do some tuning afterwards. <laughs> yeah. 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 I actually had to get go all the way back to uh, Foster's place that night because I didn't have another motor plate. And he happened to have one on his car at home. So once we were done at the track Friday night, I went home and continued to work on my car. And then Saturday morning, we showed up and they had redrugged the track or something. So it was uh, all the sticky was gone, any sticky that was down. So it was a skating rink again. And I decided that there's no point in testing until there's sticky stuff down on the track. So I didn't, I didn't go and get in line for another test hit. Saturday morning. So my my first real test hit was first round. Oh wow, you didn't do a hit at all. See, I waited till the very oh. last minute Saturday to go do a test hit. Like 
Pretty much, if I didn't go get in line, I wasn't going to get to get one. That line was way too long, and I spent a lot of time watching. I can learn more by watching, Yeah, we were talking about that before the break, so that kind of, damn, you're good at freaking bringing things around full circle. (laughs) Tell you what. Yeah, that that, that kind of... It's a callback. You do do a lot of... I, I noticed that about you, even at... Like in Wisconsin, I didn't notice so much at Super Chips because I think I was still kind of enthralled in the whole being at a really big event. Uh, but in Wisconsin, I noticed how much you watch, um, and then really, really noticed it in Tennessee, how much yep. you watched. And I think that's more or less because you wandered so far away to watch. Um, you you went to a good spot to see. That's kind of what you did. It was a good spot. Oh well, yeah, I try to go to a spot where I can see, and then a spot where um, I'm not gonna have a steady stream of people coming and ask questions. I, I don't mind answering questions. That's that was my job. But um, in order to get the data that I needed, I would have to have some time to watch and and observe. You know, and that I learn more from from just watching. Do you ever think about I shaving do. your beard off to blend in a little bit more? Because man, that thing sticks out like <laughs> like it's not hard to find. Colin, look for the red and white. <laughs> If I had a Santa hat, it'd fit right oh, in. No, with how here. red your poor head was getting on Saturday, man. <laughs> uh, I didn't think the weather was going to be that nice, so I didn't bring a hat. <laughs> uh, Luckily, one of the track workers yeah, put some, rubbed, uh, some, <laughs> rubbed some lotion on my head. Or some sunblock, I guess yeah. it was. Yep. So part of being the team manager, how often when you go to races outside of big events, like what was the kind of part of maybe just kind of giving tips out there for anybody who's, you know, been sponsored for a long time and maybe wants uh, or sees an opportunity coming up soon to become a team manager? Or what What are some of the things that you did that may that, you know, you did differently as a team manager versus, you know, being just a kind of sponsored guy or any other level? Um, a lot of testing, I think is, is, you know, knowing products inside and out, knowing how to just do simple things like updating software and, and this sort of thing, which took me a long time to learn. It wasn't something that I picked up in a day, but, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, learning, learning the different products, learning which products to use when, and then knowing how to adjust the products that you're using, uh, learning how to put a tune, build a tune from scratch. I never saved any tunes. I'd always have you know, test software every couple of weeks or so, something like that. So um, I would be showing up almost every race locally at home or wherever with new software and oh, no tune saved. So I would just be building my start tune right from the scratch, which really they're, they're all basically the same. You start at one point and you finish at one point and you just, the amount of time from it takes to get from one to the other is basically how you're, you know, determining how fast your car is going to go. Well, and, I, and oh. I, I see that side of that now, right now that you've taken a couple times and sat down and like showed me like how to adjust my tune and, and taking the minute to explain it. It's, I can, I can totally see how for some and many people it's overwhelming looking at it the first few times. You're kind of like, what am I supposed to do with all this? But as soon as you, you know what I mean? It becomes more familiar. So I, I understand that now. Like 
I won't go to the way I used to do things anymore. Going forward, any races that I go to, I'm going to build my tune based on what I see before I put my car down. And that's because Colin took the time to show me. And the reality is that, like, I probably could have asked him that and he could have explained it to me in Messenger, but I'm not a great reader and interpolate because he showed me how to do it. It clicked. It just goes off in my head and now it's like, I get it. I know I know yeah. what I need to do now to make this not be so wonky. I'm not going to say it won't be wonky. I guarantee you there'll become a time I'm going to send him a tune and he's probably going to be like, you fucking listen to that damn thing I've told you? Like, the hell are you doing? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it that's that wasn't something that I came up with right from the start. I monkeyed with all of that too, making big jumps here and then little jumps and and this sort of thing. It took me time, a lot of time and and testing and all of this to, to realize that you just want it smooth. You just want a smooth curve, and you can shorten the amount of time from the time you get to a hundred percent, and that's as Pretty much is all you need to do. Keep your steps the same and just adjust the time. It's basically um, the only adjustment you make there. And then you're also now adding timing in the stages as well as uh, after after 100%. But that's <laughs> that's all pretty basic stuff. It's all pretty yep, basic. I, just, I, like, I like watching... <laughs> I like watching... And seeing what the track's doing, you know, the track is never going to hold a lot of power in warm up in, in, in the practice. And it's just going to build as the day goes on and every track's going to be different. So you need to know, uh, how much grip is down at any one point before you run. So go watch, go watch and see what other people are doing. You know what this person can run. Yeah. Or you know yeah. that this person always goes A to B. You know, and oh, he just got stuck on the line. Okay. That says a lot. And no, that's that kind doesn't of the happen. weird thing, man. Like, I was so paranoid about wadding up the car. I think I started off like my star power was like 30 or 40, like that first test hit I did. And I was shocked yeah. because I remember going up to do that test hit. And I put my feet down on that line. And I looked over and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> because like, my feet were that stuck yeah so yeah it's you gotta watch you gotta pay close attention and and watch right before you go before you you know before you don't have a chance to make another last minute adjustment well and that's you know now that you you, you kind of mentioned that like i went to kind of chat with you and watch too and i didn't really think about what i was watching at the time but now that we're sitting here having this conversation you know, I, qu- I keep going back to the couple of times we've seen guys do their burnouts and, like, you know, leave those white patches and, like, be spiderwebby with, with their, right? And now I realize that seeing that, that tells me that what I'm doing sauce-wise on my car needs to be paid attention to. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of sticky happening down at that oh, line. Yeah. And, and if, it changes 5,000% from the start of the race to the end of the race. Yeah, yeah. It and changes that, so much that you need to adapt to that more than anything else. And I didn't think of that, right? Like, I wasn't there by myself, fortunately. I'm around a lot of people. So, you know, the overall consensus when we all start talking kind of goes, yeah, I'm going to ease up on my sauce routine. And, you know what I mean? We all take what our, our you know, our racer, our friends around us that are racers too have to say. We we take that into account. Um 
but see by myself, I would have never thought of that. I might have went and stood at that fence by myself and watched racing for 20 minutes, a half hour, but I don't think I would have ever picked that part up. Oh, we lost Yeti. He might have had to go. We are running into almost the two-hour mark. We're at an hour 45. I was trying to push Holy us cow. towards the... Yeah, I know. Time flies. I was trying to push us towards uh, wrapping things up because uh, I know, you know, try not to keep these too, too long. I know they're more enjoyable for you guys when they're a little shorter, but it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk, and I, I'm coming up with questions off my head that I want to ask Colin. The good news is, is I think Colin's going to come back, and we're going to do his, uh, who is Colin Branch. and uh, oh, we, we could do that. I, I think sure. I think that would be really great. Um, but overall... I think King of the Smokies was an amazing success. We got to crown the 2022 NPRC champion in Joey Davis, which huge congratulations to Joey. Um, you know, he had to put some work in and uh, to end up winning that. Uh, if he would have went out earlier in the in the evening, uh, very well could have been a Frank Albrook or Jay Joseph uh, win. And it looked like Frank might have pushed Jay out because Jay went out so early. And that was the beauty part about that. There was actually a little bit of a payoff with the championship at the end. Cause man, I, I was convinced by like Wisconsin that Jay had that thing wrapped. It didn't matter. Yeah, Jay, it, Jay was winning it. It looked like it was wrapped up going into Tennessee. Yeah. So it was uh, all he had to do was show up, but that wasn't the case at all. So that, oh. that, you know, I love Jay and Jay knows I have tons of respect for him and, and, and appreciate him tons. So, but it was epic to see something happen like that. You know, it's not that I didn't want to see Jay win it, I was glad that he made the trip. I was really worried he wasn't going to come out at all. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to 2023, man. You know, I know racing for you won't be as big as it was next year in the drag racing side. But you're liking that dirt oval stuff, aren't you? I am. I am. But um, I'm, I don't dislike the drag racing stuff. Um, I was just fortunate enough to be in a position where um, I was being sent to these races yeah. and, and could go do this kind of thing, which I no longer have access to. So, um, you know, if, if something comes along and I get another job or something somewhere that, that, that allows that, yeah, right. <laughs> allows me to, to do that kind of thing, then I'm in a thousand percent. But at this point, uh, it doesn't look that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm just saying be. anybody listening, the NBA on podcast is always looking for sponsors and I could definitely add another co host and you know, make all three of us travel around to these races. That's not a problem. Just saying. <laughs> oh, is he listening? That's right. I yep. don't make near enough money. Man, if I made enough money to just fly us everywhere I would. I'd totally I be know, doing right? I'd be doing an NPRC T V part duh. <laughs> right along with <laughs> Billy and Foster right beside him. Um I, I, I love it. I love what those guys do. I love what WebRC does, you know, giving us coverage and, and bringing us all the races. Um, you know, I definitely want everybody out there to, to support both and, you know, try and keep things on a positive note. I know Billy's really been pushing that. The webs have been pushing that. Let's, you know, try and keep this, this space positive, guys. Um, we can easily destroy it on our own with no help from the outside world if we don't uh, keep our, our P's and Q's in, in line. And it's not difficult for us. We've all grown up and become adults and you know have jobs and families and everything else we know we understand to me I, th I feel like we all understand how much bigger of a world we live in other than this small little hobby and uh let's not take it for granted let's not ruin it on ourselves and let's keep enjoying it absolutely there's enough room here for everybody that's what i'm saying man yep you can still haggle the guys that you're racing with shit i know i did <laughs> it's all in good <laughs> fun though you know i'm not uh 
man, if I if anybody ever sees me at a race getting neck to the point where I look like I'm actually really, really flustered, somebody haul me off and fucking bring me out to the bush and tell me to calm down. That's not the guy I want to be. I want to be the guy laughing, having a good time. Still be able to joke with you. Call your car slow. Look at look at John Schultz and uh and Tommy. The way they were going <laughs> back and road forth with the dirt road tune and his mop bucket tune and Man, I was dying at stuff like that, and I, I really feel like I'd love more people to see that side of it because it's so funny. Uh, you get to see these guys interacting and having a good time. That's why I say anybody that says, like, you know, they talk to ESPN or one of these places about, you know, potentially putting on, like, RC drag racing. They said there's no drama in it. And there's Y'all haven't been to one of these damn races then because <laughs> there's plenty of characters. There's plenty it's of... a lot. Uh, yeah, man. There's plenty. A lot of... Uh... A lot of characters and a lot of personalities and that sort of thing. But at these races, the drama level's kind of low. Yeah, no, there's like, not any, like, you know, baby mama drama kind of drama. But, you know, there's the occasional where, where you know, one guy on a team doesn't agree that his guy got called on a, a line cross. Look, man, you can hear it on the live stream even with me. Somebody says, oh, right lane cross. And you hear me, bullshit, I didn't cross. so um you you know what i mean that's the kind of stuff that i'm talking about you know those 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 kind of things man we have a whole nother topic of discussion which we'll we'll have to hit too after i think all the polls come out and everything's settled for 2023 you know just to talk about how unique it is maybe we'll try and get everybody on from the mbrc deal oh that'd be cool talk about how unique it is to to be in this position how lucky we are to be in this position and thankful i'm thankful that i get yeah. to be in this position and help help in any way shape or form that i can big things to yep. come big things to come but i don't know colin you got anything else my friend i think we should wrap this one up i think we should cool that's it nothing and well, he's he's not even really sponsored anymore so it's not like he's got a list of people to thank well i do have a list of sponsors still oh okay let's hear them. i've just i just don't have one sponsor anymore but uh sponsors uh five star hobbies they're not really even a sponsor technically but jared at five star has helped me out so much and anytime i talk to him like daily and come up with these ideas and and hey what about this and this and within a couple days he's he's got something in my in my mailbox for me well look at, I can look make at the that. fury I can make that. the fury came up while he was driving back home from a race yep <laughs> yep and i just i just built mine yesterday or whatever it was two days yeah, ago pretty, i don't know what it was sweet i won't lie i just started putting it together it's it's incredible yeah um but no it you know i i suggested to him hey how do you feel about making a lr based sprint car I can do that. And it I was, was, I was just gonna it was say, on my I feel, doorstep. I feel like Colin's been running this TLR based five star sprint car lately, so we know how that one worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's working pretty well. But now oh, five star, I gotta thank five star a lot. Yeah. Jared and, and Kyle and the whole team there at, at Five Star. They for are amazing. Yep. Supporting me and uh Pro Line for sure. They've I don't even know who the person is shout out to Pro Line. <laughs> I used to. Uh, I don't think he's there anymore. It, yeah, Daniel's no longer there, but uh, uh, Thomas Tran is the team manager, and I Thomas? deal. I deal a lot with uh, Eric Epp, Ale Epp's son. 
Oh, okay. He's still there. Yeah. Okay, that's who I know. Yeah. That's who. Uh, that's who I knew. It was Mr. Eric App. Yeah, Eric's still there, and um, he doesn't do any of the team stuff, but I deal with him on working with designing and testing with, with the fancy certain stuff, the fancy pants stuff. Yep. Yeah. The stuff I can't, um, we can't talk about on here. You got to be at races <laughs> to see that stuff. <laughs> what stuff? I don't know uh, what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, TLR. TLR is a, a big supporter of mine. I've been for several years now. And uh, that's, again, Thomas Tran. He's the, the man behind that side of it. Thomas Tran, the man, uh, with, the, the man with the plan. Yeah, yeah, he's he's done a great job with TLR and um and then McLan and Expert Servos. Both the uh, I'm I'm no longer technically sponsored by, but uh you still see Colin really, flying those flags, I bet you. Yeah, yeah, they've done a lot for me over the last few years and um I owe a lot to them. So uh, I love the products. I have no reason to take the products out of my cars. And uh the drive on the speed controls for off-road is nothing I've ever had before. I'm not going to lie. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's insanely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I um, now I can say that confidently because this is the, like I went out and I actually spent some time like dialing them in, the drag brake, the brake frequencies. Like, you know, I took some time and, you know, like my four-wheel drive buggy was on rails. On yeah. rails. It was dialed in all weekend. Yeah. They're... Their their products are are second to none, and uh, anybody that's listening to this that only does drag racing, you know, okay, the McLaren stuff's not winning the big races at this point, but quality of their stuff and the way it works in on road and off road and everything, even in the drag race stuff, still works very very well. But um, it might not bring the big numbers in the drag racing, but in the uh, on-road, off-road stuff is nothing. Nothing is uh, any better than the McLaren stuff in that market. Yeah, and I've I've ran the Gambit, like I've ran many a different brands, and yeah, I moved to McLaren. What does that tell you? <laughs> Can't help it, man. I, it was hard. It wasn't an easy decision because you're familiar, right? That familiarity goes away. You got to learn something new, and uh, yep. I'm glad I learned something new. I'm not gonna lie. A couple of guys came over poking around. What do you got in there? <laughs> <laughs> it's all legal, I promise. I'm not cheating. I'm not a cheater. Everybody kept asking me about that. What what motor you got in your four wheel drive buggy? I'm like, it's like a four year old thirteen five man. Like there is it's and it's funny because my buddy Joel's racing, he goes, Yeah, it's the furthest thing from one of these cheater thirteen fives. <laughs> yeah. Uh right on. Well, of course, I have to thank all the wonderful sponsors that helped me out. MKS, Team Associated, Gombanana Racing Skins, um, forgetting a few, Max Amps, McLan. See, I almost forgot the main one. It's a big one. Um, but without those guys, you know, I, I'd probably still be doing the hobby for sure, but I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to cool people like Colin and, you know, sharing everything with you guys and and uh, experiencing it all. And I promise I'm actually going to put a video together of getting down to Knoxville and going into the track because I know we talked about it and I did film going into the track Um, but I fall apart I get to these races and it's like I almost forget to take my phone out completely at the races which I don't understand why 
Uh, I think maybe it's more me than anything else because I don't think anybody ever tell me to go away if I was recording on my phone. Really. But I get weird about it. It's always it. my problem, too. Right? Like, I get yeah. weird about it. Like, I want to kind of go floating around the pits with my phone and everything like that, but then I'm waiting for somebody to kind of look at me and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, okay, so in this part, I have to blur this. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody would. Uh, but that's what I mean. In my anything. head, in my head, my head goes, somebody's going to have a problem with it. So I just shut myself down before I even do it, which I got to stop doing because the oh, reception that I've gotten from everybody at these races has been amazing. And that's a that's a big misconception that everyone thinks there's some, a lot of top secret stuff going on at these races. And there really isn't. There might be a little bit here and there, but most of the time, and even you, if you usually filmed those guys it, are you good wouldn't about see it. it. Yeah, those guys are good about having their stuff covered up when they. They're at their pits and stuff like that. Although it is kind of funny when you see people doing that and you start hovering around them and they get a little weirded out. I used to do it intentionally. Like not to like kind of bother anybody, but I'd see somebody covered up. So I'd be like, hey, let's go talk over like within 10 feet of that guy. Why? Just because he keeps covering his stuff up. I want to make him nervous like we're trying to figure it out. I play those kind of head games with people. Like I don't... (laughs) I don't inadvertently come out like I'm going to bother people. But yeah, anyway. Hi, guys. (laughs) <laughs> anyway thanks for joining me colin i appreciate it so much yeti when you're listening to this which i'm sure you will thank you for joining us this evening i know you probably had to go everybody's got life None, not many people can sit in front of a computer for two and a half three hours and record these kind of podcasts without something needing to be done which is understandable um, but thank you to everybody out there all the listeners everybody that i've met at the races i can't wait to see you guys again in another race make sure you share this as much as possible course send messages comment do whatever you need to do and uh, of course check out colin branch's new youtube channel he's been putting up some of the races he goes to they're cool little videos i can't wait to start seeing more from them and uh with that being said we're out of here we'll probably be back in a couple more weeks i race again once in december so i'll try and drag yeti's ass back in here and in between now and then maybe in the new year we'll get colin on here and we'll do a who is colin branch definitely definitely we can do that I love it. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Yeti. And hey, hosers, take off, eh? (laughs) We're out of here. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Close the curtains, cash me in. Gather photographs of the devil you let in Digging deep inside my soul I don't know, I don't know Where to turn Everywhere I look, these vultures
My head, knees, my mind. I've been up. 